Hello and welcome to HX Superheroes, where we explore the full story of human-centered leadership when it comes to making strategic and operational decisions, no matter what your business is. In today's episode, we have the great pleasure to talk to Jacqueline Van Oven, Director of Customer Experience Measurement and Insights at Best Buy. With over a thousand stores and a hundred thousand employees, Best Buy is the leading consumer electronics store in the US. And during the pandemic, thanks to an innovative technology and a rapid response to changing customer needs, it was able to continue to support its customers without missing a beat. Making it one of the few companies that didn't just survive COVID-19, but it actually thrived. With a digital first mindset, Best Buy is continuing to move in an agile way to maximize the value of its CX program and bring actionable insights to the leadership table. Jacqueline, it's so great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. Now, everyone wants to know, who is Jacqueline? How did you get to where you are today? I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Great. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to have this opportunity to, to speak with you today. I So I, I am a Midwesterner. I grew up in St. Louis and uh, spent some time in Indiana for college, lived in Ohio for a few years, made my way up to Minneapolis, and we're calling Minneapolis home now. So uh, Midwesterner through and through. I have a, a family. I have uh, three kids. So my daughter is eight, and we have five-year-old twin boys. So they definitely keep us busy and on our toes uh, when I'm not uh, tracking down customer insights <laughs> for Best Buy. Can you walk us briefly through your career trajectory and how you landed at Best Buy in the role that you currently occupy today? Yeah, it's definitely not a linear story. Um, I, I went to school and, and studied psychology, which is nice. It's a very versatile degree where you can go into many different areas. I, and after school, I, I dabbled in a few uh, roles in sales and marketing um, and just never really found anything that spoke to me it, that really gave me any passion or drive. And I ended up going back to school um, with a desire to be an FBI agent one day. So I got my master's in criminal justice. And during the course of that graduate program, I really fell back in love with research and, um, you know, the, the FBI thing didn't work out for me, but I uh, research was there. And that's really what kind of got me back into that space. So I joined Nielsen and worked for them for about four years. And we were monitoring social media before social media was called social media. Right. It, was, it was a very little known way of communication back then. Um, so we were on the cutting edge, which was really exciting. Uh, so then... I, my husband and I ended up moving to Minneapolis for his job and just by means of uh, connecting with folks in the area, I found this opportunity at Best Buy to support their customer experience program. So joined there 15, almost 15 years ago. Wow. Wow. I mean, I guess your investigative and curiosity helps you a lot in terms of the work that you currently do today. So do you work out of the Minnesota office, head office there or? Yeah. So we're, we're based out of those headquarters, okay. the corporate offices there. Yeah. I, with the pandemic though, you know, we're now more in a hybrid and remote type right. scenario. So um, we are technically remote, uh, my team, but I do try to get into the office every once in a while just to stay connected and have some of those more 
I have personal interactions right. uh, with some of my coworkers. And what does the hybrid policy look like for a Best Buy? I, you know, it does vary a little bit. Uh, so it, some parts of the organization are there three days a week in the office and then home two days a week. But it's just a lot of flexibility that comes with that. I think one of the greatest things about uh, the remote and hybrid way of working now is that we're able to tap into talent across the country. So we're able to bring on talent that we wouldn't have been able to bring on five years ago. Right. Um, so I think it's really allowed us to push some boundaries and, and really um, also diversify our workforce. That's really interesting. I think the, the, the balancing act, of course, and all of this, and one of the things that we're certainly trying to, to deal with within the Forster company, we've got a lot of really young, very talented people that are coming into the business in so many different geographies that we, uh, that we operate in globally and making sure that the mentors in the company are able to spend as much time with some of our new people and, and that blend between sort of remote working and in office is something that we're trying to get our heads around. And I don't think we've, I don't think we've nailed it yet. And we're trying to strike that right balance. And I think a lot of companies are, are trying to deal with it, but uh, it, it feels like it's reaching some kind of an equilibrium. And, and I think you know, the empowerment that employees are getting is driving higher levels of engagement. And one of the things we're probably going to talk about is, you know, productive and engaged and happy employees deliver great customer experiences. And we're seeing that trend more and more and more. Uh, and there's no question in my mind, given what I know about the, the Best Buy story, which I'm really keen to, to explore, um, is that you've done a great job in leading that, that way, right? In leading that process. Tell me a bit about Best Buy, the culture, the history of the company, you know, what it stands for. I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, so Best Buy was founded 56 years ago with one single store in St. Paul, Minnesota. I really focused on audio equipment, retail retail audio equipment. And, um, you know, they expanded. They had a lot of success and expanded to a few additional stores. And in 1981, a tornado hit one of the stores. And I, some of the showroom was destroyed, but a lot of the products back in the warehouse were still viable and able to be sold. So our founder said, you know, why don't we just have this huge tornado sale and we'll give the best buys on everything. And it was wildly successful. And I think that's really what sparked the idea right. of more of a big box type retail for electronics. So the categories expanded and uh, the type of shopping expanded as well. So I, so that's a, a little bit of about our background and then, you know, just a trajectory of growth. Um, and now we're all the way across the U.S. and we've got more than 900 stores. And we also have a presence in Canada as well. So um, pretty Pretty sizable retailer uh, these days, yeah. uh, and one of the few focusing just on technology. And, and little known fact is, is it's not just about buying TVs, is it? One of the things that Best Buy has done an incredible job at is diversifying its revenue base. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think we've seen some of the other competitors uh, not uh, adapt not be flexible to their environment and to what their customers' needs are. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's allowed us to continue to be successful is really trying new things and looking for new ways to support our customers and to find new customers. 
Um, so whether that's through retailing with electronics or um, servicing folks through Geek Squad, uh, whether that's repairs in their homes or repairs in the stores, uh, or our latest strategy, getting into the health space. Um, so really kind of taking the the best of all of the things that we know how to do from omni-channel retailing to in-home service and getting these connected devices up and running for our customers. Um, there's a, a great opportunity for us to really be effective in the health space and helping customers age at home uh, when maybe they don't need a full care facility wow. to support them. That's fascinating. So you have, you have a line of business called the Geek Squad. I love that. I love that. So so tell me a little bit more about, you know, how Best Buy goes about customer experience. What is at the absolute core of a customer experience and, and how they engage both online and in-store? Yeah, so I, we've always had a, a real strong customer-centric culture at Best Buy, um, it's just been something core to our culture forever. Uh, but a few years ago, I, I, the decision was made to have a CX vision um, to really help unify all parts of the organization to be working towards that same goal, marching to the beat of the same drum when it comes to customer experience. And something that really helped with that was the launch of customer-led questions. So it was a really easy way for us to just instill in all of our employees, whether it was a frontline employee or an officer in the corporate office, of how they're thinking about the customer and where the customer is showing up when they're making decisions and prioritizing their work. And those two questions are really simple. So number one, what customer need are you solving? And number two, how are you making the customer feel confident, appreciated, or excited? So if you have a hard time answering either of those questions with the work that you're doing, then that gives you that allowance to question, is this the right work? Should we be prioritizing this? Yeah. That's fascinating. And and the history of Best Buy, if I'm not mistaken, was actually, it was originally called Sound of Music. Is yes. that right? So how did that evolve into Best Buy? What's the story behind that? I, so it, it goes back to the experience with the, the one store that got hit by a tornado. Right. Um, and it really just gave our founder a new perspective on the possibilities of retailing, honestly. And, um, and he saw a need for uh, customers wanting other electronics, not just these high-end audio-type products. So, um, so it was just a... a huge growth and expansion from there. And what would you say is sort of the special sauce, if you will, the secret sauce of Best Buy? What sets it apart from other retailers in your space? I think it really does boil down to um, the flexibility and adaptability uh, that our company has embraced. One of the sayings at Best Buy, we, we kind of jokingly say that the only thing that's constant is change. Mm. And um, it's really true. And, and we have to keep reinventing ourselves. We have to keep reimagining what these experiences are. How can we make them more seamless? How can we make them more enjoyable and want that customer to come back for more? Um, the other important thing is meeting the customer where they are. So really understanding what are their expectations? Yeah. What are their needs? And how can we be there to support them through that? So... So an online, or sorry, an in-store retailer like bricks and mortar retailer like Best Buy, 
Um, the pandemic hits. Transformation is imminent. Tell us a bit about that story and the journey that you had to take the organization through. Yeah, the, the pandemic definitely accelerated a ton of innovation for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we were really well positioned when the pandemic hit um, and all of the stores had to close. Literally, it seemed like overnight. Um, but we knew we still needed to get our product out to our customers, especially at a time when everyone was seeing their offices close and they were having to position, switch over to working from home and kids were doing school from home. So you need technology to help support that. So we still needed to support our communities and our customers. Um, So we were able to turn on curbside pickup um, so customers could order their products online and within an hour or two go pick it up from the store, contactless, safe, COVID-friendly pickup. So that was a, a real game changer for us mm-hmm. in being able to offer that. Um, but it just really started, that was just the tip of the iceberg of all of the change that came after that. Um, another great example that I love is uh, after we did have to shut down the stores or, or at least close them to the public, I should say, I, we had all of these really well-trained expert associates that were now displaced. Mm. And um, rather than leaving them displaced, we were able to find new ways to connect them to our customers. So while they were mainly store employees, now we were able to say, why don't you get on the phone and help us with phone sales and help us with chat sales because they have all of this knowledge about our products and our solutions that we can support our customers with. And what that's eventually led to is virtual sales and uh, what we now call a virtual store. So now a customer can go to bestbuy.com and actually interact with one of our blue shirts online oh, wow. through video yeah. and get that one-on-one dialogue and get that expert support that they need. So how do you, f- I mean, how did you foster that kind of agility and innovation in a very compressed time frame, right? What, did you use crowdsourcing? Did you, was it driven by the, the top down? Like what were some of the, the mechanics behind how you were able to bring that to life? I mean, there <clears throat> certainly was a lot of uh, operational juggling that yeah. had to happen to, to bring that to life. And, um, and while some of it may not have been ideal, um, you know, it was just more of a, we have a, a need and we have people that can fill that need. And how can we get them transitioned over as quick as possible. Um, So there was a lot of juggling and and there was a lot of um, cross-functional awareness and support that also came out of the pandemic um, where we were getting together a cross-functional group of leaders on a weekly and and sometimes daily basis just to kind of understand, all right, what's going on? What are the, the key fires that we need to be paying attention to today um, and how are we going to solve them? How can we come together collaboratively and yeah. cross-functionally to solve them? And some of those meeting rhythms still exist today. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 our experience was very similar. In, in, insofar as communication was at the, the focal point of everything that we did. So if we were running, let's say, quarterly town halls, they became monthly. If we were doing monthly newsletters, they became weekly. If we were doing weekly stand-ups, they became daily. And so the entire leadership team and the entire organization had to change kind of its management infrastructure just so that people knew what was going on as 
things continue to evolve so quickly, and it sounds like those were some of the same principles that you had to adopt. What would you say was your most proudest accomplishment during that time? Um, you know, I, I think it, it really was just the agility of the entire organization. And um, at the time, I, I don't know that we had necessarily identified I, what we now refer to as our inclusive leadership behaviors, but um, we really just had to embrace them. And that is vulnerability, courage, grace, and empathy. And by all of us role modeling those behaviors amongst one another then trickles down to customers as well. Um, and really placing some emphasis on the more emotional side of business, of retail, yeah. in, in supporting our customers. Well, you just touched on something that we like to talk a little bit about on this podcast, which is about leadership, right? Because no doubt that transformation comes from culture, right? And, and, and we saw that in spades during the pandemic, and, and culture became at the core of everything that we did. Was that similar for you at Best Buy? And when you think about leadership and those values, you talked about role modeling. So you're living those day in, day out. Any other thoughts around sort of leadership and how you really start to engage your, your management layer within the company? Yeah, I, you touched on communication earlier, and I can't underscore the importance of communication. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's not just communication. It can't just be a one-way street either. Um, so I think it's that two-way street of getting engagement from senior leaders, from peers, from teams that, you know, use our data and our insights on a regular basis and get their feedback and understand what is not working, what is missing, how can we make things better? So um, really it's just about engaging everyone and making sure that they feel included and part of the solution um, and part of the strategy. And I think that's where we see some really great output. Yeah. One of the things that we we hear a lot about is transparency, right? And that, that as it relates to communication, but more importantly, as it relates to customer experience metrics. Mm-hmm. You've done a bit of work around that in, ter- in terms of informing the entire organization and, and therefore in getting them to embrace that customer-centric culture. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the um, projects that you've worked on and implementations of those ideas? It'd be great to, to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> so my role specifically is to measure the customer experience and um, not only measure it and collect all of that data and manage uh, all of that data, but also to turn that data into meaningful insights and bring that back into the organization and partner with various parts of the business to make sure that they're aware of what those customer success stories are and what the pain points are. Um, So we're really leaning into collecting uh, and managing not only NPS, which is one of our key metrics, but we also have a a number of other metrics that we track uh, to understand uh, how to contextualize the results um, so that then our leaders can know where they need to make some adjustments or, or where something needs to be understood at a deeper level. The other really big important part of our program is the open-end comments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could ask every question in the book and I still might not know exactly why a customer feels a certain way. 
So it's really important for us to listen in their own words, what they have to say yep. and understand how that's impacting them. Yeah. Do you, do you tend to take it to the next step and do you do any quality, do you pair off some of that quantitative research and analysis with the qualitative side? So, you know, and, and if so, what kind of tools are you using to, to do that? Yeah, so we do utilize text analytics uh, to be able to detect what some of those key themes are, how they're trending over time, what the sentiment is for those themes, how that sentiment is changing as well. Um, and there's other tools that we use to tap into social media to try to understand how certain uh decisions that we make or uh, certain experiences that might come about, yeah. uh, how prevalent it is when we think about areas outside of just the solicited survey aspect. Right. Um, the other thing too that's core to our program are dashboards and reporting sites um, and Forsta really helps us to put that out there for all of our employees to log into and see um, we've fully democratized our data. So it, that means that every store can go in and log into the dashboard and see results, see the comments from their customers. So they have a real good sense of what's happening within their own world. And then that permeates throughout the organization. That's fantastic. What, uh, what would you say you talked about some of the themes that you're able to draw down on? No doubt you have mass volumes and volumes of data to be able to run those analytics on. What's the number one, what's the most important thing to a Best Buy customer, mm -hmm. in your opinion? Well, I think there are some table stakes to our experiences. Um, and certainly when we think about the store experience, our big differentiator is our uh, experts in, in the store. And the biggest a barrier to a good experience is if a blue shirt, which is what we refer to our associates as, if a blue shirt's not available to help a customer. And then we've already lost from a customer perspective. Oh, really? Um, so if we can have a blue shirt readily available to help that customer, that just definitely um, takes the, the opportunity for that experience to be a really good one. But it doesn't stop there. You know, our customers are on a journey. They're not just walking into a store and walking out that day. Um, they're oftentimes going to the website first to do some research or see if a product's in stock. Uh, sometimes they may be purchasing a large product like a dishwasher and need to have it installed. So the store experience is just one part of that journey for our customers. So really trying to make that entire end-to-end -end journey as seamless as possible is what we're really striving to do. Now, I read that Best Buy was recently ranked number 15 on the Forbes 22 list of the world's top female-friendly companies. What's that mean to you? As a female, now be, you know, I recognized for being a top female-friendly workplace, I think just speaks to the focus and dedication and change in our organization um, to be more representative of the communities that we serve uh, and to make sure that uh, we have a, a diverse group of leaders and uh, employees that are supporting our customers in the communities that we serve. 
What advice do you have to aspiring female leaders or any leader for, for, for that matter? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> specifically in the uh, customer experience space or, or any space really is just to be curious, to always be asking questions and not necessarily taking anything at face value. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing to get curious, to ask questions, to uh, try to understand why something is the way that it is. Um, the other thing, too, that I think is hugely important in the customer experience space is to walk in your customer's shoes, go through their journey. Um, for me, it meant spending time in a store or riding along uh, with a Geek Squad agent and going into customer homes and understanding what those interactions are like. Because yeah. I think um, when you read a survey or you get a comment back from a customer, I, some of that context can get lost. I so, so unless you, you're actually walking in your customer's shoes, then it really becomes real. And then you can start to have passion for that. Well, next time I'm in Minnesota, I definitely want to take you up on a, on a ride along with one of the Geek Squad Absolutely. members, if, if, if we can organize that. Uh, we, we touched on this briefly just at the outset, um, and we talked a little bit about COVID and the impact that had to people, our employees, um, and then the, the correlation to productivity and engagement. You're doing a little bit of work around that. You're just starting to sort of dig into that in terms of the correlation between employee engagement and customer engagement. Any thoughts where you at in that process? Any, yeah. any learnings so I, far? You know, I would say we are early in our journey um, of putting those two pieces together. The, the leadership <laughs> team and um, the company definitely recognizes the importance of customer experience and employee experience. There's been a lot of focus on uh, employee benefits recently and um, how we can better support our employees because we're all humans at the end of the day. But I think just the initial recognition of the importance of those two things and how those two things impact one another is there. And I think that's the, the right place to be. And then yep. from there, we'll be able to expand. How do you see the future of CX evolving? I mean, we're hearing a lot about chat GBT and AI and machine learning and tooling and all sorts of different things. But what does that mean to you and what does that mean to Best Buy? Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, on the data analytics side of things. Um, I see a future where we can utilize predictive analytics uh, to better understand what those experiences are. I see a future where we may not need to survey customers. We should know when something bad happens. And we, yeah. we shouldn't have to send a survey to ask the customer, was that good or was that bad? Yeah. We should know that. We we'll probably know before something bad happens. That's, that's right. likely where this is all heading, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What I mean, and I think the other thing, too, just to, to add on to that, I think there's also a softer side to CX as well that um, is starting to come to life. And I think that really shows in the storytelling um, and really making that emotional connection, not only with understanding the customer and some of the emotions that they experience uh, during that experience, mm -hmm. um, but also just to, to tell that story and tell the why to inspire action among our leaders and our peers. Yeah, it's 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 so critical, right? It, uh, I mean, data is meaningless if you don't do something with it. And and when you've got that kind of volume of data, and there's so many different variables involved, 
you know, I remember talking to one customer and I asked them, well, why were we successful in, in, in winning your business? And they said, you know, I've got access to more data than I know what to do with. And, uh, and your team was able to articulate exactly how I'm going to walk into my next board meeting and get a recommendation and drive three or four different decisions from the board so that we could actually move the business forward. That's the thing that I'm focused on. But um, it, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking today. We, uh, we've got three final questions I have to ask. It wouldn't be an HX superhero podcast if I didn't. And the first one, of course, is what has been your best customer experience and most importantly, why? Well, I mentioned I've got three little kids at home um, who play hockey and go to school. So we have a, a pretty busy, hectic life. Um, so we, we order in uh, dinner from time to time. Yeah. So I, I, we use DoorDash. Okay. And I think it's just a super easy, convenient, and uh, seamless experience. You can see the order getting getting received, being prepared, out for delivery. You can track the car as it's coming up your driveway, which yeah. our house is a little bit difficult to find. So I know to be on the lookout for the food to arrive so I can flick the lights on and off to signal them where we're at. Um, and then if there's a problem, I just go to the app and there's no questions. Yeah. That, you know, They're able to track through data to see that, yep, you're right, it did take an hour to get the food, and we promised you 30 minutes. So here's a you know credit for your yeah. next order. That's, that's great. I mean, no doubt that the takeaway has transformed in the last 10 years, that's, that's for sure. And secondly, if you had to nail it down to one thing, what would you say is your leadership superpower? Um, for me, it's really just about a personal connection. Um, super simple, but I think yeah. once you have that personal connection with your team members and your leaders, it, you know, it, it's not just about work. We're human um, and understanding where someone is coming from, what their background is, I, I think just can go a long way. Fantastic. And last question, and clearly you've had a very successful career and, and a significant impact in terms of Best Buy and, and, and their culture. Um, but if you if you were forced to and you had to pick another career, what would that be and why? Well, I, I mentioned it at the top. Um, I had an interest in uh, maybe being a, an FBI agent one day. I think I, love I that. That's just got a little excited when I saw Silence of the Lambs for the first <laughs> time and thought I would go that route. Um, but I think that would be a, a fascinating uh, career. It sure would. That's well, that's great. What a, what a fantastic conversation. It's been an absolute privilege getting to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the HX Superheroes podcast. I'm looking forward to spending a bit more time with you and the team at Best Buy. But until then, we're going to sign off and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.